I release it today, and this part of the conversation will be on the podcast. Oh, okay, all right. You recognize that voice as one of the elite roast battlers <laughs> of all time, a season three participant. <laughs> Digital exclusive. Well, that was thanks to your partner. You, you may have seen me online, yeah. I mean... Pat Barker is one of the greats. Oh, well, uh, thanks, bud. But unfortunately, in roast battle, you need two people to be good to get the product on television. But then we'll talk about that. We're gonna talk. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn your listeners now because I'm sure you have listeners who uh, I don't know if I do are not are not. Are you kidding me? Top five every week on on iTunes. There's a little controversy right now about that. Oh, really? Well, we can get into that too. Uh, but I'm sure you have listeners who don't give a fuck about roast battle. This is uh, most of them. <laughs> this is not the episode for you. I apologize in advance. Uh, put your hands together for he's. I think he's been on. This is. Uh, I think it's my third time. Third time. I don't have many people back twice, and if you haven't been on once by now, take the hint. <laughs> um, I mean, I recently had a roast battler come up to me and go, "Yeah, man, I'll do your podcast when I can." Uh, I never really asked you to be on it, so <laughs> I'm good on that. But thank you, though. Two hundred and fifty-seven episodes in. Uh-huh. I think I've had 20 solo episodes just covering UFC or wrestling or when Ralphie May died. By the way, if uh, and we'll get into this subject. I've lined up a alternative battle for me. If the first one doesn't work out, I will be roasting Ralphie May's uh, ashes. Mm. I mean, he's done it before, which probably automatically disqualifies him, but he's a celebrity. <laughs> Don't tell me me against the... Biggest box of ashes ever known to man wouldn't be numbers. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. But maybe we probably will. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we will. This might be uh, inappropriate Pat instead of inappropriate Earl. Oh, so. I don't. Uh, yeah, maybe. But I, you're, uh, I think, a uh, perfect foil to my... Um, you know, someone asked me recently from Comedy Central, why are you so bitter? Uh, I think I'm honest, but you're the, you can play both sides. So I you're a perfect person to interview. I try to look at things objectively. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, um, I don't agree with all of your opinions. It's really important to me, by the way, that before we start, we have to establish this because you, you go over the top and you do your, your Hulk Hogan pro wrestler kind of thing, um, which is, is great. And I it, do. It is going to make for a wildly entertaining episode of the Roast Battle podcast being released this Thursday, which we recorded, and it's just completely unfiltered crazy Earl for about an hour or so, um, which is outstanding. Uh, but it's really important to me before we have this conversation that we establish, uh, even though you're doing sort of a character to a degree, these are all your real opinions. These 100%. are all things you 100... Because if if I'm over here having a serious conversation with somebody that people think is just playing a character, that's no fun, and it makes me look crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the best example, and you've said it, uh, Cena, who plays the Saudi prince, mm -hmm. is a character. Yes. That's not Cena. He's, and it's great. It's, it's very funny, and frankly, I think it works better on the show now than I do from the standpoint of, uh, you know, Comedy Central has uh, 
I, I want to sanitize the show, but uh, you know, it's a natural progression from the early days when it was the wild west. Right. I think I was better for the show back then. Uh, but, uh, you know, Cena is two people essentially, but when he's doing roast battle, he's, it's not Cena, which is why I recently turned down an offer to battle him. Uh, Inside info. Well, you know, I had a meeting with uh, a Comedy Central executive. I've had several phone calls recently this week. It's uh, been an eventful week for you, huh? But, you know, I like... The Roast Battle podcast hasn't even gone public. And you've already... Uh, it's led to a lot of uh, conversations and, and meetings and things. Well, I don't take back anything I said on that podcast. I mean, you know, nor I, I firmly believe that if you say something, you should you should stand by it. And, you know, I don't... Even in my history of roast battle, even with the one or two people I've had problems with, mm -hmm. uh, I don't take back one word because I don't talk shit. I talk to me facts. You talk shit, but it's true. See, I don't think it's talking shit if it's factual. Okay. Like talking shit is saying, uh, I had a conversation once with someone who said, well, Amy Schumer sucks. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I'll play your game. Why does she suck? Oh, uh, well, no one deserves $37 million a year. Well, that's talking shit. Right. You're just pissed she's making money. Uh, but if I say someone sucks, I'm going to be like, this is why I think they suck. See, if we're looking at it objectively, I think the things that you think are facts are your opinions. But they're facts to me. Like what? Name one thing. I'll, I'll give you one that you have said a whole bunch of times uh, I've heard on this podcast because I'm a loyal, inappropriate Earl listener. I've, I've heard that. a bunch of episodes and I've heard you say this quite a few times and uh, I, I hate it every time you say it. So we'll just throw it out there. Um, when you talk about sort of the people that you've battled, you say K. Trevor Wilson would wipe the floor with anybody in Los Angeles. I believe he would. Uh I'm here to tell you, just speaking for me personally, K. Trevor Wilson would not wipe the floor with me. There's a 0% chance that that would happen. I'm sure we'd have a great battle. There's a there's a chance he would win. There's a chance I would win. But if you think that somebody like me or, or Doug Fager or, you know, Omid or Connor or one of these people that's done it a million times, Nicole Buchanan, people who are well-trained, if you think that he would beat the shit out of all of those people, I think that that's... You might think that's a fact, but We're, I think that that is way off base. I think see, it's an insane take. Because, and this is where I have an advantage in saying something like that over any most people. Because mm -hmm. in the untelevised season, he was killing people. He beat Tiana. Mm -hmm. He beat uh, Tony this year. Uh, I've seen him beat the best of the best. I thought he beat Mike Lawrence personally this year. Uh, and that, and people, Errol's taking shots at Mike Lawrence. Not at all. No, no, no. I listen. Mike is a good friend in terms of crowd reaction. I think he he took that battle, but he also is in. You know, he's coming out draped in Canadian flags at the Montreal Comedy Festival, and he's getting these huge pops before the battle even starts. But he's very, uh, I, I don't know, famous. Well, yeah, he is famous in Mon uh, Canada because he has a hit show. Um, and I've seen him battle the best, you mm -hmm. know, so that's why I think sometimes in L.A., you know, I, I'm all about fight cards. And, you know, I think some people in L.A. have weak fight cards. And there's a whole like when I bring up Tom Ballard as being a great battler, mm -hmm. most people only saw him lose to me. Right. 
And you didn't see him once again in the untelevised season, which was really the test season for Roast Battle. Mm -hmm. There was a issue with naming rights of the show, (laughs) which I still don't know what was going on. Right, right, right. I, I don't. There's a there's a lot of inside baseball, and as 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 affiliated as I am with with roast battle now, and and you know, helping to produce the podcast and everything like that. There's a lot of stuff that I was before my time, so but, all of that I'm unaware of. But I legit don't know what was going. You know, right. it's like uh, you know, I've always thought Brian created the show. Right. I don't think he had any help. Um, and then you know, Rel was in the room and whatever was going on and and then jeff came on board and then i really don't know what was going on between those three i mean i was told nothing the whole time i was there i was at the time all that went down i was just a guy who had a few battles under his belt and i i'm not sure jeff could have picked me out of a lineup so that was not uh that was not my era well i think after this week's episode drops jeff will (laughs) Definitely pick me out of the lineup. Uh, can we can we can we talk about the fight card thing? Because this is another thing that I think you look at as a fact that I I don't agree with. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm all about a strength of opponents. Right. You say you have the toughest fight card of anybody in the show's history. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. I don't think you have the toughest fight card. Oh, ah. Go ahead. We got a phone call. Look at in. that interrupting uh, my hot take. Uh, I'm on a podcast right now. Whoever this is, call me back in two hours. Um, wow, I, I feel like I was sabotaged because I was about to say, and this this is uh, this is I want you to know everything I say is no disrespect, of course, towards you. I you know I think you're you are on the Mount Rushmore of roast battle. I've said that before. I don't take roast battle personally. Okay, uh, well then I'll just come out and say it. I don't think you have the strongest fight card in this room right now. Oh, I think I, I have a stronger fight card than you do. I I. I I respect. I think you're one of the best. Bat- you're a top five battler of all time. Thank you. And, and that's not. I know when I complimented you on the Verbal Violence podcast, <laughs> uh, you thought I was just like. No, no, no. This is a different vibe. I, I, I get what you're saying, and I, I, I take it as a serious compliment. So but you. I mean, I meant it uh, when we were. I thought uh, in the Verbal Violence podcast we were talking about um, me, Moses, and Coach T saved the show for the yes. first year you know that first two years blends in so i don't know exactly how long we should be given credit for but i would say the first year you know people were not coming for the battles a hundred percent agree um they were coming for moses me and coach t on the sounds uh but then i said what carried the show was then when battlers like you doug fager omid olivia uh i mean there's a lot of people to name sure um took the show to the next level uh but i think the reason why i say i have the best fight record of all time is it's not only the people i faced but where i faced them Mm -hmm. to battle tom ballard k trevor wilson jimmy carr and sarah tiana i mean that right there if i never battled anyone forget the all the la battle victories that's a great fight card just right there and not in the belly room where I'm the king, mm-hmm. in a room, Montreal on national TV with a million people or however many people watching. That's a lot tougher than any battle in the belly room. I would say that if you're looking at strictly per capita, 
if you're looking at strictly highest average difficulty, and we'll disqualify your battles against against Boon Shakalaka and. Uh, but I will, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, but, and and the pro wrestler who got up there and, and sort of froze. I've heard you tell that story a couple times. But see, even those two, and obviously I'm not counting those two as... Right. But Nor would I expect you to. Everyone has a berry or a tomato can as berry. Oh, can. I got a couple that I throw completely off my resume. But a win's a win. Of course. Of I course. will tell you this much right now against Boon Shakalaka. <laughs> I don't look at the rankings, right? so I don't know who's number 40 to 50. But in my heart of hearts, I, and for those of you who don't follow roast battle, you're not going to know who Boone Shakalaka is. <laughs> even if you do follow him, I think he would beat at least two to two or three people in the, in the back half of the rankings. You hear that Mark Stevens. That's a blatant shot, but he's, <laughs> he's crazy. No, you're right. You're and right. He's, he was probably one of my more difficult, uh, battles because how do you battle someone who doesn't give a fuck totally and i i i I get that but i guess what i'm saying is you have you know 11 12 battles somewhere in that neighborhood right Uh, i think i'm nine two and one so i went to usc 12 (laughs) 12 uh and we you know we subtract the the tomato cans i got 28 battles and you subtract you know i got a couple up front so i'm looking at twice as many battles Almost three times as many, like, in my eyes, this is just my opinion, legitimate battles against people who, you know, I I go through my resume, you're looking at uh, at Alex Duong twice, Omid Singh twice, Leah Kajanian twice, Keith Carey, Connor McSpadden, Doug Fager, uh, Christy Cello in New York, Jamar Neighbors, um, you know, J.P. McDade, Eli Sayers on TV, well, what was supposed to be TV, Robin Tran on TV, uh, Frank Castillo, season one champ, Toby Mirashanu, current belly room champ. Um, Oh, have we gone there now? Now we're at belly room champs. I mean, LA champs. When you look at Toby, you're looking at a guy who's lost once in the last three years. Oh, I think. I, I, I think. Toby's never going to get the shine that you are because he, as much as we try to push him in the direction of like, hey, you got to have more of a personality. It's just not his thing. He's fine with, I'm going to be this joke robot. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to win consistently. And then when TV rolls around, and we had him on the Roast Battle podcast and I was pushing his buttons a little bit. And I said, yo, you've, you've lost once in three years. And yet when TV comes around, nobody's talking about you. Does that bother you? You know, and I had to poke and prod a little bit, whereas you, we just have to turn the mics on and, you know, you fucking go. But I think... But he hasn't been fucked over like me. I mean, that's... That's that's an opinion. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. Like, just, I mean, everything has been made hard on this show for me, and I don't understand that. Okay. You know, and, and see, I think people like you can't understand that mm-hmm. because it hasn't happened to you. I guarantee you, if you... And I don't want to say founded the show because that insinuates I created it. I did not. But if you were in the room from day one. Absolutely. To right now. And the things that have happened to me happened to you. I think you would be like, all right, I get I, I might understand your point. Well, all right. Let's 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 try to find some common ground here. I think that what you did since day one with the hater character is incredible. And if you want to sit here and say that you got screwed over by them cutting off the hater character for TV and not involving you in that role. I think I'm completely on board with that. 
I don't think I could possibly argue that. They kept every other element of the show from Moses to Coach T to the wave. Um, and your your role was kind of the only thing cast by the, the wayside. And I think that's a legitimate beef. But in, I, I'm agreeing with you, but in this season, mm-hmm. Cena's, and it's nothing personal against him. Of course. We're, we're friends. Yep. Uh, but now all of a sudden there's room for the hater on TV. I mean, that's my creation. And I'm not acting like it's, writing the De Niro part and, you know, <laughs> Deer Hunter. I mean, Roast Battle is a stupid show overall. Yes, it, agreed. It really is. But it's a great, it's it's an amazing show. But you would think any bit of class or whatever would have been, hey, Earl, we're going to have it on this year. Do you want to do it with Cena? Or And I wouldn't have because I think it works best with one person. But like, we're going to give you a couple bucks. We're going to, I mean, you wrote that part. We're going to put you in the writer's guild or something like anything to be like, hey, you know, you are responsible for that, even though it was a small part. Right. You know, stuff like that. And that's a, that's like the least of my beefs. But do you think, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think that by taking the hard line stance that you did, because let's be very clear here, you, you have been adamant once you felt like you were being disrespected to a certain degree you stepped away and you said i want nothing to do with it i'm not going to put up with this i'm not going to put up with that level of disrespect um which i you're certainly entitled to do and i i i respect that but do you feel like when it came time to have those conversations for season three about the hater role do you feel like there was anybody in the room who said Earl's not really part of the show anymore. He he walked oh, sure. away from it. I mean, I can't say. I mean, that isn't a fact. Like that, I was well, I could, you know, like how I feel about my bracket in Montreal. I feel very strongly about how it went down, but it's just an opinion because right. I wasn't in the room. Uh, you know, I, I feel very strongly about the road to roast battle match I had. Yeah, I would love to talk to you about that too. I feel incredibly, because it just, I, I you know me. I've never had a drug or drink in my life. Right. The only reason I even bring that up is my mind is very clear. Mm. Like I'm, it's not clouded by, you know, I'm a happy guy. I, you know, I pay this. I'm, I'm very happy with my career. I, I'm a completely unknown comic, but like I'm happy after 15 years of struggle to be passed at the comedy store, which is like being in the NFL, uh, couple tv shows all that stuff so i'm actually i might not give the appearance of being happy but i'm psyched about where i am at in life uh but i still feel very very strongly about like the road to roast battle and that's when things went south with me the the funny thing is you just alluded to some of this stuff and i'm sitting on your couch and i have a a jelly's stuffed animal over my shoulder (laughs) And two seasons of uh, I'm dying up here. And I've heard you say that everything you have in your career is indirectly related to roast battle. Oh, it's directly. Directly. I, re- so for somebody who feels so strongly that he has been screwed over at every turn, I would say you've gotten more out of the show than maybe anybody else who's ever battled. And I've also said that. Right. Is, you have. Yeah. 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 But which, I just find that I find that interesting. I'm not making a commentary on it one way or another. I just find it. Uh, I find it interesting. Well, it, it's that's why it was so tough to to leave the show. It was like fuck. This is like it's like a girlfriend that cheated on me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I still love her. 
but man, she did me, she did me dirty. Like, what do I do? Right. Um, and you know, I'm not really into conspiracy theories, but I also like in the road to roast battle. Should we start there? I mean, sure. We can start wherever you want, but I, I, I have opinions on that. So, but yeah, that's what, when I first started to go, Oh, why is this happening? Like, if you look at the LA road to roast battle matchups, yep. there's 10 of us. Yep. It was um, Guy Branham and Alex Hooper acquaintances, but I think easy matchups for either one to look, you know, Alex can look at guy. There's a lot to work with gay. I don't want to say fat. Cause I'm, uh, he's fat. He's a fat guy. Gay, I'll say fat. I'm, I'm fat. So I can, I can <laughs> call fat people, <laughs> but like there was a lot. Some of my best friends with. are fat. Yep. You know, uh, sure. And guy could look at Hooper and there's a, you know, there's a lot to, to work with, you know, looks, the hair, you know, I, and I love, I respect Hooper on your level in terms of roast battle. And we'll get to that in a second okay. of why I respect him. Um, Sarah Tiana and George Perez, uh, friends one. And, you know, George is one of the most underrated roasters, I think of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's somewhat easy to roast, you know, Mexican prison. There's a lot to work with. And Sarah's, I mean, she's awesome. And there's a lot to work with, with her. Yeah. Uh, Olivia got Leah K. Janine, someone she'd already beaten. Um, and then Joe Dosh got a, his podcast partner. Yep. I'm the only one who gets a guy they've never met before. And I love Jesse Joyce. Uh -huh. He's a brilliant writer, comic. But he's... I, I don't know how else to say... He, in terms of a roast battle, he's maybe the most boring guy you could ever battle. Agreed. There's virtually nothing to roast him on. I mean, there's always something to roast someone on, but he's a Comedy Central employee. Mm -hmm. And I know in my heart when... And I had people coming up. To, Jason Reitman came up to me. One of the most famous directors, producers. His dad, Ivan Reitman. He's like, dude, we love you, but he's going to kill you. So he's like, oh, fuck. And then Dave Taylor, comedy store legend. It's like, Earl, you know they want him to kill you, right? I don't know that for a fact, but I know when my first joke hit and his didn't, and I looked over at every Comedy Central executive, they all leaned up in their chairs like this. I'll never forget that visual. It's like they were marionettes. Now, but let's talk about what actually happened. But before, yes, but it's like, once again, why am I the one that has to get him? I mean, the battle that I'm blown away, and I told the guy this week mm -hmm. that should have been made is me and Olivia. Right. Youngest, oldest, just broke up, but we're cool with each other. That's a battle that sells the show. Well, listen, I'm not here to tell you that I agree with every decision Comedy Central's made in regards to booking the show. But let's look at that Jesse Joyce battle. What ended up happening was... You, whether this was their intention or not, you got the easiest battle of the night. Your opponent came on stage with eight, eight pages of notes. His first joke took three and a half hours to tell, and he walked right into your trap. Everybody else on the show had to battle somebody who had actually roast battled before and was at least somewhat familiar with the formula. So while Jesse Joyce was tougher to write for, I think you would agree that he wasn't your most difficult opponent. Oh, I disagree. Uh, 
but how? So because he's a com- you can't tell me that Comedy Central is rooting for someone like forget me. who they're rooting for. Once but, the battle actually starts, but it's like, their show. But Joe Dosh is clearly a tougher opponent than some guy who's reading off a notebook and and is doing jokes that are clearly too long for the room. Yeah, but with Joe, I could do gay. I mean, there's a lot to work with, with Joe. I felt like you were facing Shaq in a three-point shootout. And I say that because Jesse Joyce is a monster. He's one of the best uh, roast writers of all time. But roast battle is such a niche event. I compare it to the three-point shootout where Shaq's one of the top 10 players of all time. But if you put him in in a three-point shootout, he's going to get his ass kicked. That's the way the Jesse Joyce thing translated to me is that this guy is a monster who everybody respects the hell out of and a hall of famer in his field. But this is a twist on his field that he just wasn't good at. But I think the, and once again, this is just an opinion. Sure. And after the second joke killed and has bombed, they literally, their jaws all dropped in units and like, Oh, (laughs) we have to take this guy to Montreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know in my heart, the feeling was whether it was, Moses, Jeff, Comedy Central, or all three, and or we'll make him look good, or we'll make him fun, and then he'll get it. I just know my. There's no way Comedy Central was rooting for me. There's okay, just, that's. It, they're not going to root for someone like me to beat their own guy, especially how I beat him. Uh, and then when I got my bracket for Montreal, I, within one second, I'm like, I'm being punished. In my opinion, now that's not a fact. Right, right, right. But if you look at my, and once again, I think people who didn't see the first season, mm-hmm. the untelevised season, will be like, well, what's the big deal about Tom Ballard? Tom Ballard beat Hinchcliffe. He beat some really good people. And that's my first opponent. And then if I beat him, I'm going to get Jimmy Carr. I mean, Christy could have beaten Jimmy. I mean, like, but the odds were against it. Sure. So, you know, when I look at other people's brackets, you know, Tony got Mark Norman, who had never really battled before. Great comic, but like we've just been talking about, like, roast battle is not stand-up. Right. I just think we have to be consistent about that. Either it's an advantage to battle somebody who's never battled before, or it's a disadvantage. I believe it. All I'm saying is, like, what I would have liked, and I think I said this, I don't want to, you know, ruin too much of next week's episode, but... Like, to me, what would have made me happy is, hey, Earl, we're going to give you Chrissy Cielo in the first round. There's no guarantee you'll beat her, but you should. And then you're going to have a tough second round. We want you to at least get two nights in Montreal. So then do you go Jimmy Carr versus Tom Ballard in the first round? And if they're both these these monsters, does it make sense to put them up against each other in the first round? I mean, it's a rematch. And like, this is a very niche, niche rematch because (laughs) a a lot of people did not. Because it was untelevised the first one. Yeah. It was like a test season. Uh, In my opinion, I thought Tom beat Jimmy. And Jimmy's great. But like, of course, uh, Tom Ballard is an animal Mm -hmm. um, because he he battles very much. uh, You know, like when I first started seeing Olivia battle and everyone would call her heavy set or, you know, whatever, she would flip it on people. Yeah, well, I might be, you know, I don't remember exactly her lines. She was like the first queen of rebuttals that I remember in that room. Absolutely. 
how Tom is with, okay, I'm gay. What else you got? I right. still get more pussy than you or, you know, stuff like that. Right. Uh, I thought he beat Jimmy. So I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like I'm getting the guy who, at least in my opinion, beat Jimmy. And then I get Jimmy. Yeah. Like, and then I look at, like, I love Sarah Tiana. We both do. I mean, she's my comedy crush. Uh, she's awesome. I yeah. can't say enough nice things about her. But if you look at her bracket, Sam Morell never roasted. Rena Zizi, never roasted. Uh, Chris Cubis, never roasted. As I, and I get why, you know, she's a Comedy Central comic. And I was like, wow, I, I would like at least to have Chris Cubis. Or, right. Or, like, I don't want tomato cans, mm -hmm. but if everyone else is getting them, I want them too. Like, you know, because I've done more for the show than every single roaster from uh, season one put together. Well, let me ask you this. This is this is a crazy question, but you got me thinking because, you know, a normal tournament with 16 people would be seated right. one through 16, right? Uh, you know, maybe Jimmy Carr would be a one seed and Mike Lawrence would be a two and K. Trevor Wilson would be a three. If you think Comedy Central's opinion of you is that low maybe you weren't being punished maybe you were just the 14 seed and you didn't realize it but i don't think i should have been the 14 seed well i mean we can argue that until the cows come home and i agree with you on that based on i completely agree with you on that um but i'm just saying rather than a punishment maybe they just underestimated you have you ever thought about that well i would have think that after the jesse joyce battle they would be like okay is this guy the greatest roast rider he's probably isn't and i'm not i've never uh, you know, I would say 60% of my jokes are written for me. And I've always been honest about that. I love that you're honest about that, by the way. I, but I don't, um, you know, see that as it's not my sense of humor to look at you and call you fat. Right. It's just not my, um, you know, Bon Jovi, most of his hits were written, co-written, whatever you want to say with Desmond Child. Does that make Bon Jovi any less of a musician? Uh, to me, no. But to some people, yes. Sure. Um, I mean, Mike Lawrence, to my knowledge, is really the only one who writes jokes completely on his own. I'm raising my hand right now. You got two. So two people. You got two. Um, and I'm sure there's more, but I, I don't I, think I, there I, is. I only feel comfortable speaking for myself. It, well, it's one of those things where not everybody is as upfront about it as you are. So there are people who I know who purport to write all their own jokes, but I could never know that for sure. It's like steroids in baseball. You know, it's just most people are hush hush about it. You're the only guy who's like, yeah, I just stuck a needle in my ass. Who cares? <laughs> Which I, 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 I respect. Um, but what I'm saying is I know Mike Lawrence feels strongly about it, and I know I use all of my own jokes, um, but I can't speak for anybody else. But I will say, I, you know, I also use a lot of the jokes I write on my own. So sure. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it really depends on uh, who I'm battling and um, all that stuff. So, you know, I just felt like in Montreal, you know, it was made harder for me than anyone else. And, you know, I think, you know, once again, why? season you know and then we get into season two you know certain people are brought back and it's got nothing to do with them getting brought back but it's like well i beat this person he lost to jimmy carr i beat jimmy carr like where's the reward system like you know and i understand how many people were brought back for season two uh olivia matt broussard um that's it right yeah, but like once again, and it's nothing against those two. Of course, yeah, they're they're both monsters. Oh, we agree on that. Yeah, yeah. they're awesome, uh, both. Uh, but I just from am from a school of if you 
you know, I've done a lot for roast battle at that point. Sure. Um, I believe I should have been taken care of more. It's just how I feel. And I think if anyone were in, I think if you were in my shoes, you might feel the same way. Mm -hmm. It's, it's tough for people who didn't go through what I did to, you like, dude, you're, you're being ungrateful. I hear that a lot. Uh, you know, but I, you know, let it happen to you. And then I think you would, you know, it's like when you get cheated on, mm -hmm. you go to your friends and they're like, oh, there's someone else better out there. Right, right, right. You know, she doesn't deserve you, all that. But then when that person gets cheated on, all right, now how do you feel? <laughs> you're so, she doesn't deserve you. You're you're bitter and hateful because and, it happened to you. That's the only way I can describe it. Totally. And I, I get that. And as I've acknowledged, you did help build the show. And I could never possibly put myself in those shoes and i'm not going to use words like ungrateful because i think that that's um that's really judgmental of the situation what i'm trying to do is just sort of play devil's advocate and give you you know a different perspective on it and i respect your perspective because you're a down the middle dude mm -hmm. like i try to be um, well, let, me, let me ask you this do you because i didn't get season one season two i got road to roast battle um, I was, uh, given an opponent that unfortunately was having, um, I battled Robin Tran. I'll just come out and say Robin She's Tran, awesome. who was great. And I was very excited to battle her. And we were battling eight days after the election and, and Robin as a transgendered woman, um, when Trump was elected, uh, that did not sit well with her. Understandably. So, um, a lot of people, and, uh, she had, uh, you know, a certain reaction to that. And, Leading up to the battle, it was eight days of her threatening to cancel the battle online and saying she doesn't give a fuck about TV and all of that. So then we go, we do the battle. I did I did very well. I won. They picked the brackets for season two. I'm on the sideline again. People like uh, Jessica Curson, who's a great comic, but I, I don't believe it ever battled before. I went through the same kind of thing that, that you did. Where I'm sitting there and I'm looking, I always compare it to, I'm a basketball guy, I always compare it to Isaiah Thomas when they announced the Dream Team. Right. Where he's like, those guys are all great and I can't argue with it and they're going to win the gold and they're going to be amazing, but I know I'm better than a couple guys on that squad. Isaiah Thomas should have made the Dream Team, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's just what I compare it to. Then season three rolls around and I get a battle and my opponent... Uh, goes out there and he does all miscarriage jokes and Comedy Central is not comfortable with the content and we get relegated to digital. I guess what I'm trying to establish is like, I get where you're coming from because I feel like I haven't had the best uh, sort of run of, uh, of, of luck maybe on, on the show. Um, so I, I get where you're coming from. I just think that unfortunately for people who help build the show, uh, and you had more of a hand in it than most, but for the people who have 20 battles in the belly room, 25 battles in the belly room, it's just not always going to be a fair shake because they're booking a TV show and they have certain things that they're looking for. I mean, does that make it right? No. But I mean, oh, I agree. But, but like to me... It just kind of is what it is, you know? But like, if you go online... Mm -hmm. And I will pay you. I mean, you could, I mean, we're friends, but you, you could do this. Like once again, down the middle, I will pay anyone. I will pay a Comedy Central executive or an intern five hundred dollars cash to look up every tweet 
that says, bring back this person. When is this person battling again? 90% of the tweets are me. I completely agree with that. You have a huge, you have a huge fan base of people who enjoy your battles way more than, than anybody else seems to have cultivated. So to me, in my mind, mm-hmm. I, if I'm a comedy central executive, I'm like, this guy should be on every season or, I mean, if, I, I just don't like, I'm trying to go, okay, why would they like, I, I don't like the celebrity shit personally. You know, I, I don't think people should battle on TV for the very first time. <laughs> so Blake Griffin, I, Dolph I mean, Ziggler. I'm friends with Dolph. I love Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. but, and I think we, I don't want to give away too much of what we talked about in the verbal violence thing, but it's the roast battle podcast, by the way. Oh, so I don't, don't search for ver- verbal violence is dead. That was a, uh, that was another lifetime. So where can people find what we did last week and what you do every week? Just look for the roast battle podcast on iTunes. Uh, it is a, a comedy central wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a comedy central podcast up. Now we have a little preview of the Earl episode, uh, but we're, we're dropping the full, the full thing on Thursday. Uh, and you're going to, you're going to, if you're an Earl fan, this is an hour of your life. That's going to be well spent listening to that. But even if you hate me, <laughs> which I don't think too many people do, but th- that's another thing. Why I think I'm good for the show is either love me or hate me because I force you to make a decision and l- not frankly, not a lot of people in, in, LA and I'm not super familiar with the New York battlers. Like th- that's part of the problem is you just don't care if people win or lose. But see, this is the crazy thing. I agree with you. I think the show would be more popular if we had more people like you who could come out and do the Hulk Hogan thing, the macho man thing, the Ric Flair thing. I think that is a huge asset to the show and I agree with you that you should be a significant part of the show going forward. I 100% agree with that. I don't want to get that twisted. I, the thing I disagree with is sort of your perception as I feel like you take it more personally. Than, I, oh, I do. Than, than most people. Whereas me, when when I didn't get season two, I didn't take it personally. Doug Fager who should absolutely have been part of one of the first three seasons. The guy's a monster. I don't think he takes it personally. I think we all kind of look at it as it's, it's just business. And I feel like that's my only disconnect with you is not saying that you shouldn't be, but I think you, you start looking for things that maybe aren't there about, uh, about how comedy central is like out to get you. I don't, you know, if it's just one or two things and I could go, okay, maybe I'm taking this a little hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I, if it was just, well, I had to face Tom Ballard. That's just unfair. Well, everyone, for the most part, had a tough matchup. So It's it, supposed to be the 16 best roasters in the world. I mean, in theory. I mean, I think... So the, everybody should have kind of a tough bracket. Well, I think the... Right. But I, I think the first season, it was billed as these are the elite 16. Um, it, but, you know, there was something that happened in season two uh, that I didn't really quite enjoy mm-hmm. where I was sat in a particular area for a particular joke. And uh, then I was removed from my seat after that said battle. So that's another thing that kind of like, really now I'm a joke prop. Uh, And I think we know what joke I'm talking about. And so it's like, really? And then like, 
you know, season three, uh, they brought back more people that I beat. And it's like, you know, that's four things right there that I think are pretty valid. And, and then the hater table being on season three, when I was specifically told, uh, Oh, there's no time, you know, with the judges and you know, it's, it's a wave and, but now there's time. And even uh the the one last thing before I forget, of course, it's, it's a very, very small thing is the episode of crashing um, that was done. Uh, The wave gets to do it. Uh, Hinchcliffe and Mike Lawrence get to do it. Once again, nothing personal against those guys, but, um, and you know, the storyline was, you know, guy battling his girlfriend, uh, which to my knowledge, I'm the only person to ever battle their active girlfriend. I'm not saying the storyline was me and Olivia's at the time, but it's like, you know, and it's not, I don't think that being in an episode of crashing for 15 seconds would make me famous. Right. But it would have been a nice, Hey Earl, here's a little thanks. But that was HBO. But I mean, roast, but I mean, a lot of people from roast battle were used. And, uh, once again, like the wave gets, and I love the wave. Yeah. The wave is great. Uh, but, if they're used and I'm not, I have a problem with that. And it's not, it's, I'm more about uh, respect and the principle. It's not getting to fly to New York to do a, literally a 15 second scene. Right. It, it's just respect. And I feel like I've been disrespected a lot on this show. Let me, well, let me ask you this. Why do you feel like Comedy Central doesn't like you and actively wants to punish you? I don't know if they go into a meeting and say, let's fuck over Earl this way. But uh, I feel that since I'm not a Comedy Central comic, Mm -hmm. that it's like, well, you know, we don't really have to take care of them. And I'm guessing on that. That's not a fact, you know. But when things I've all just listed as happened to me have happened it's not like it's just one thing it's many things and to me there's no season one if there's no untelevised season and there's no untelevised season unless what happened the first year or two happened so i feel that i see everyone from the show getting taken care of but me and i know in my heart if if there's a season four and i'm on it i'll be given the toughest battle out of anyone well you already called out jeff ross so if you get the battle that you want of course you're going to get the toughest one you called out the the best roaster on earth (laughs) well (laughs) i mean in terms of name value right i mean you 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 think of basketball you think of michael jordan you think of roasting you think of jeff ross but once again roasting is different than roast battle a hundred percent you know um and that's the battle i want and I'm getting all these messages like, are you crazy? You're burning a bridge with Jeff. To me, what Roast Battle is missing right now are those oh my God type moments. Oh, I, I agree. And I want to clarify something. Um, that th- There was a caption that you took issue with on, uh, I believe, Instagram, where it said, Skakel takes a, a flamethrower to several bridges. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I... I wrote that and I don't believe it. I just, it, it's a, it's in an effort to, to follow along with what's going on. We're, we're just having fun. Oh yeah. I, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I don't think you've burned any bridges. In fact, from all indications, from what you've, you've told me, you might've somehow built bridges. I'm trying to help the show in that process. Yeah. I mean, like to me, it's, it's like, 
and I don't know how Jeff will take the challenge because I know he was busy with the historical roast this week, so he's probably not really even aware of it. But uh, you know, maybe he is. Um, I, I think that's good for the show because that is I well, agree. You know, I I just don't get getting back to Dolph and Blake. Uh, I don't know Blake, but he's very funny, and, and Dolphus is super funny. Yep. Um, but I think when you go into a battle with a celebrity, and the best you can hope for is, well, I hope they get in one good zinger. I, I just don't think that's that's so against what roast battle is to me. Roast battles, you and me battling. Yeah. You're going to do Kennedy jokes. I'm going to do body jokes. Uh, you're going to do age jokes. I'm going to do whatever. You have eight? Yeah, I do. Oh, uh, shit. Did that be good for the show? Can you put some one? plastic covering on these couches or it's something? Too late, bro. Fuck. Uh, I could stand to lose some weight. I'll take the AIDS. Um, well, don't say that. <laughs> well, you're married and a great girl. You're not wolfing around the comedy store. No. that's uh, You don't have to worry about me. But, like, I, I try to give the show... I You know, it's self-serving, but I think it would be the battle to end all battles because no one in the history of roast battles ever challenged Jeff. Yeah, I thought it was great. And it's like, this. and I hope it happens. I mean, well, according to one comedy central executive, it's not. But and I, oh, I don't think it's going to. But I, I would love it if it did. But I have no interest in anyone else for season four. Like, it's just I don't want to battle just to say season four is not going to help me at all from the standpoint of. Um, I think I've gained the maximum amount of fame from roast battle mm -hmm. that I can get. Um, and so I think people, well, then why do you care so much about seasons two or three? It's just respect. So then let me, let me ask you this fast forward to when the season four lineup is announced. Let's say Jeff says, I don't really want to do that battle. I want to battle Peyton Manning or whatever the fuck, you know, what, whatever big name battle is on the table for him, right? Whatever drop the mic TBS kind of situation exists, which for the record, I'm as much of a roast battle purist as anybody. I'm actually in favor of, of the Dolph Ziggler's and Blake Griffin's of the world coming in for what are clearly gimmick battles because I want eyes on the show. I want people to tune in who are basketball fans and say, oh, this show is great. I want to watch this regularly. So even as a roast battle purist, even as somebody who might be losing a spot to one of those guys in the future, for the greater good of the show, I think their occasional participation is good. But back to my point. If, See, I don't. Okay, and we'll, we'll get to that. But if season four rolls around and Jeff doesn't want to battle you for whatever reason, are you going to be talking about how you were disrespected again? Because you're no. making it known you don't want any other battles. I just don't think there's any other battles that, you know, it's like you and me would be a great battle, but there's no story. Like, there's no, like, it's just two white guys battling each other. Sure. Uh, you know, um, you know, I know some people think I'm trying to work an angle with Eli, you know, I'm really not. Uh, I believe that. I, I, you know, to me, I gave him a chance. He didn't want to do it. I'm not going to, you know, I, those belts mean nothing to me. They really do. I want to battle the best. Yep. So when I wanted to battle Eli, I care less about those L.A. New York belts. It was like, oh, this is New York's best. I want him. Uh, you know, I only battle or I only challenge the best. I challenge you. Yep. You know, when you were going up against Hooper, I challenged Hooper and then he got season two. So he's just, you know, it was just too crazy. Right. And I challenge Eli. So uh, and then I think Jeff is the ultimate challenge. The guy's name is on the show. 
it doesn't get any bigger than than Jeff Ross. No, and I think once again that battle would be great. And yes, I'm being self-serving. It would be the probably the featured battle of the season. So I'm absolutely being selfish in that regard. But you either love Jeff or love me, and so people will watch that battle. And you know that's to me what is missing from Rose Battle is like you know you don't necessarily care who wins. Yeah. Um, and you know, season three, they switched up the format and they didn't go tournament. And I felt that I felt that there was not a reason to invest necessarily in the winners and losers, which is a shame because I thought in terms of battle quality, people getting one specific opponent and having time to write about them and not have to worry about battling the next night against somebody else. I thought it made for higher quality battles than we've ever had before. I thought Jamar versus Yamanika. I thought Tony versus Mike. I thought uh, Alex versus Robin. I thought some of the best battles in the history of the television show were this season. But I would agree with your assessment that there was less invested in who wins and loses. But I think you could have, um, you know, matchups. I would have loved to have been the matchmaker. Because I think that's you can make people care if you tweak some of the battles, and I think the perfect example of that is Olivia and Kim, like because those are two girls, great battlers, great comics, but they don't really care about each other. They don't like, they don't dislike each other. Mm-hmm. They're just there, um, and I think Olivia is very much the same, and like as I am, she's gained as much fame from roast battle as she can get. She's not going to get any more famous from this show. Okay. Kim was the complete opposite. This was her shot. She'd been passed over for every season. Yep. So she went into that battle, guns a-blazing. Yep. Whereas I think Olivia was like, okay, I've been... I mean, I can't say what she was thinking, but like... So I would have put Olivia against Saratiana because then you... I know we both know both. They're both very competitive, and I think... Olivia would have looked at Tiana and go, okay, you're the queen. Well, not anymore. And Tiana would have looked at her and go, oh, you're trying to knock me off the throne? And people would have picked. It's interesting. And I would have put Kim against someone who hadn't been on the show yet. So they're both like, this is our shot. Hungry. Yeah. I'll I'll say this as a general rule of thumb. If you are a comedian who is not working professionally and living off of the money you make as a comedian. If you are, in other words, if you're a Joe Mackey or somebody who has a touring comedian lifestyle and you're making good money, I completely understand this being a back burner project to you. But no matter how many seasons of roast battle you've been on, if you can't get up, and this is not about anybody in particular, but as a general rule of thumb, if you find yourself sort of blah about appearing on television and telling jokes, I really think you need to rethink your perspective. That's true. But I mean, the reality is I, th- I think that um, I think the battles are better when both have the same amount of stake, like Kim going up against you know, someone who'd never been on TV before, like you. Right. I think that because this is, you both got passed over. Right. And I think you both would have gone in, all right, this is my shot. Might be my last shot. Might be the first of many shots. Totally. And I just think that would have made for a more competitive 
vibe i think you know with olivia and tiana you've got the youngest versus the oldest female you you, you can't tell me that there would have both would have been creatively like all right let's see what each other has uh stuff like that okay um like i after i don't dislike that matchup for the record olivia versus tiana i think they're both great and it would have been an amazing battle but but i think it, it would have stirred enough creative juices in both you know where you know it's and sarah and Dolph was fun they're friends mm -hmm. but i i just you know i i think i just don't like the celebrity battles because yeah, I see what you're saying by having a pro wrestler. You get the WWE fans, you get the NBA fans into the show, but what they don't realize is those battles aren't really what the show is. So when the next season rolls around and say me versus you, they're gonna be like, what is this? Like, I don't think you need... This season is a perfect example of, to me, the best battle was uh, Robin and Alex. Great battle. And that's what sells the show. No one knows who they are. I mean, or any of us are, really except for maybe Tiana and, and to me, I just think you should have great battles and that sells the show. I agree. My question is from a marketing perspective, how do you get eyes on those battles? And if you have an episode where Alex versus Robin is opening for Dolph Ziggler versus whoever, there might be eyes that see Alex versus Robin and say, Oh, that's incredible. I want to stick with this. And even if you're talking about just 10% of that audience, that's a significant number. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that the marketing, and I know nobody who's important agrees with me on this. So I'm just going to throw it out there now because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just an idea that I had that nobody else agrees with. So to me, there are millions of roast battle fans who don't even know the show exists yet. We are not hitting their demographic. They would love the show if they know it existed, but they don't know that it exists. I don't know if they're cord cutters, they don't have Comedy Central, whatever the case is. And to me, the way you reach people now is by having things go, go viral. I would 100% take the Periscope footage, because we have, we have four years of great Periscope footage, and take the most vicious stuff or the stuff that has a hook trim the videos to under five minutes air me versus Connor where Connor went all in with great miscarriage jokes the whole time. And it was brutal and just title it guy destroys dude with, with miscarriage jokes, something like that. Those clickbaity titles. So-and-so destroys so-and-so that kind of shit. And if you put 10 of those online and three of them go viral and you put the little roast battle, you know, logo in the bottom right hand corner, you might've earned yourself some new fans. I really believe that there are a bunch of fans who just don't know that they're fans yet because they don't know the show exists. That's why I'm okay with Dolph Ziggler and Blake Griffin because if those people find it that way, I think that's a net win for the show. But see, I would have put those two against each other. If you if you want that way, it's an equal battle. Like they're both. Yeah, but now you're assuming that Blake Griffin wants to even knows who the fuck Dolph Ziggler is or wants Dolph to Ziggler's battle. Dolph Ziggler's pretty famous uh, wrestler. Sure, but and, you can't you can't just take two famous people and expect them to want to battle each other. But I think roast battles survives best when it's it's an equal uh, skill level. Like, yeah, I, I think that definitely makes for the best battles. I agree. I just don't think Sarah Tiana might be the best roaster on the planet not female roaster, but roaster, roast battler. Uh, I just, it's like a pra It's like watching Mark McGuire take batting practice. It's like, okay, it's fun. Not, not if you read the comments. A lot of people think Dolph won that battle. 
But it was in, way closer than it had any right to be. But that goes to my point of, you know, you have a battle like that. And then if they get a zinger in, you're like, oh, and they get in two singers. It, it almost lessens Sarah's uh, aura or, or Jeff. If How's it look if you have a show called Jeff Ross Rose Battle and Blake Griffin almost beats him? That, I don't think that's good for the show when you have someone who's never battled before almost be. I think know. it is. I think it's great for the show as long as they both do do really well. See, I don't. I, I don't think in a battle like that, the win and loss even really means much of anything. I think I think you want Blake Griffin to be competitive with Jeff. See, I don't like that. To me, that that's like, uh, oh, I think it made for a fantastic battle. And then. You know, you read comments online and people are like, obviously, Blake didn't write his own jokes, and but he was still great. Like, people enjoyed it sort of for what it was. I don't think anybody is fooled into thinking that Blake Griffin is the new Roastmaster. But, like, I just think, like, I'm a loyal person. Like, I get nothing out of Omid or Doug Fager being on the show. Right. I, I just think it's criminal that people who help build the show get passed up for a basketball dude and a pro wrestler. So what do you think would be a good battle for Doug Fager season four? I mean, he's going to be good against anybody. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I mean, I like it when a guy battles a girl because I think there's an interesting, I think you have to be more creative if you're the guy because you, otherwise you just come off like a bully. Right. Um, I mean, Doug and Omid would be a great battle. Uh, Doug and like, say, uh, I mean, the show needs girls. Uh, you, you know, I mean, let's be honest. You don't, you just don't want, I mean, how many battlers were there in this season? 24, someone said? Uh, 30. Okay, so you don't want like 24 white guys and then six broads. Uh, I mean, Doug's good against anybody. Yeah. Uh, me and Doug would be great, but it's, two white guys and right. I don't think it's an oh my god they're battling uh, I just think the show should have more types of those battles uh, Doug and Robin Tran would be great I agree um, so but you know I you know I just I wish the show would go back to its roots of like great battles none of us are celebrities and that's what got the show on TV in the first place and I think you could do commercials like you have your idea which is great mm-hmm and you also, like the commercials for this season, I didn't like. Because, uh, like, I was in them. It's like, why am I in the commercial if I'm not in the season? Like, it, it's like, you know, it, it makes no sense. Like, have the people who are in this season. And you have, like, show five-second, you know, you cutting Eli down, a zinger. And then Eli cutting you down. And like, oh, you're going to pick. Oh, I like this right. guy. I like that guy. You know, almost baby pro wrestling promos. Um so you care. I, I I agree with that. And I would love to see more people who are prominent in the belly room be given that shot on TV because I also agree that the show is best when experienced roast battlers are doing it. We're completely on the same page there. My question is, if you're Comedy Central and you need to see a certain number in terms of, I, I guess, the ratings or whatever is that do you just trust that if you keep putting good battles out there eventually it's going to find its way to an audience or do you I do. think you do but okay. that's that's just an opinion i mean it's, right right, right. It's like, I, i'm not saying it's wrong um, I, you know i hope it's right you know but i because i <laughs> frankly but i think the concept of roast battle is such a brilliant but yet simple uh 
idea that you don't need to complicate it with, you know, wacky gimmick battles and, and celebrities. And I just think you build up the people who are good at it. And I don't think anyone's very few celebrities are that big of a name where they're going to draw eyes to the television set. I understand Blake Griffin is a famous basketball player. Right. And, but I don't know if that many people were like, Oh my God, Blake Griffin's battling. We've got to watch this show. I don't know that. Uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler, he's probably the most, uh, of the current pro wrestlers. He's definitely a top five in terms of fame level. Yeah. Um, but wrestling is like a niche audience. I mean, the catch for the Blake Griffin thing, because I, I agree. I don't think there's a dedicated Blake Griffin fan base that is sizable enough to move the needle on the live broadcast. The thing about the Blake Griffin battle is when he makes a joke like, you know, Jeff Ross, you're such a bald piece of shit. It looks like we both got fucked over by the Clippers. That's a great joke, but it's also controversial in basketball because he's coming out and saying that the Clippers by trading him to the Pistons fucked him over. That's the kind of line that could theoretically get picked up by sports center, by house of highlights, by, by these Instagram accounts that have 20 million, 30 million followers. And they're like, you won't believe what Blake Griffin said in this roast battle. And then maybe that's where you get the people. But I agree. I don't think there's a lot of like hardcore Blake Griffin fans who wanted to tune into the battle live but i feel like the residual effect from those highlight shows could potentially be big uh, yeah but i mean you know i'm and i'm not i don't argue i don't think we're arguing but like uh i don't debate like i'm right uh, you know right right uh you know i i just i don't think that i mean yeah if you're getting jim carrey to do it that i understand mm-hmm. that's okay if you're getting tom cruise to roast battle I, I get that. I mean, their fan base is so massive. Uh, if you're getting Mick Jagger, that I get. But, like, I, I just, I'm a purist. Like, I want to see the people who helped build the show get on TV, you know. And I think that sells the show. Great battles will get people into this show. I think if you have marginal battles where, it's, oh, well, maybe they get one good line in or, you know, you get some C-level celebrity. All right. Yeah, I just, I don't like that. I just don't. But if they went with all people who built the show for season one, America wouldn't have seen K. Trevor Wilson, who you said could destroy everybody in L.A. I, I would love to see those guys come to L.A. just so you guys could see what I'm talking about. I love K. Trevor Wilson. I don't want to get that, you know, misconstrued at all. I, I guess what I'm saying is if we're on the same page that the people who have roast battled a bunch are the best at it and have the best battles, um, you know, why, why are you, why are we holding in such high regard, um, you know, people like a K Trevor Wilson or, or a Tom Ballard or something like that. If we, if season one was all belly room people, we would have never been introduced to them. Well, that's true, too. So it's like a catch-22. Oh, know yeah, I mean? but, like, you know, the, the untelevised season w- was like, wow, there's a lot. Like, that was my first, uh, I guess, uh, viewing of non-belly room battlers. <laughs> like, oh, my God, these guys are savages. Um, and so I, I wouldn't have minded if season one was all, because uh, I think the concept of roast battle is so strong. Yeah. L- like, it's simple. It's it's really 
you know, and I, I mean, I would say now it's like if I ever battle again, I don't see myself ever battling in the belly room again, just because I don't, I don't think that there's tons of good battles for me. Sure. Because I think people st- hear me say I won't battle, uh, you know, you or Amit or or Doug in the belly room that I'm saying, well, I don't think they can beat me. I'm very beatable. I just, I want it to be special when I battle. Like, you know, and we even alluded to it in the Roast Battle podcast. Thank you. Because uh, <laughs> I don't, there, there was, I'm going to lose a lot of audience here with this reference. <laughs> A, They're gone already anyway, Earl. We're, we're talking to 20 people right now. Oh, I guarantee you Comedy Central will listen to this. I hope they do. I this know is, for a fact that they listen to this. I don't know if they listen to my interviews with like the drummer from Cinderella, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know they listen to And I, I love Comedy Central from the standpoint of they put me on TV five nights and six days. Right. Like, as a comic at that point of, I think I was... 15 years in not one tv appearance like i've always thanked comedy central and moses and jeff for jeff got it on television yeah that's a fact like if it was up to me and moses and coach t and and you and doug and connor and you know this show is probably on public access oh a hundred percent yeah so i've always uh we'd be on youtube red right now or something oh my we'd be on like hulu after after dark (laughs) uh so i have tremendous thanks towards the network and jeff and moses i mean moses especially Mm -hmm. um but i just think that um there's a hockey player in the 70s and 80s there's a lot of fighting in hockey yeah and in general the toughest guys would fight literally 30 to 40 times i think wow they must be the toughest guy in the league you know uh christoph oleal polish guy one time fought 37 times in the year like wow this guy's the toughest guy fought that much but the toughest guy in the league was a guy by the name of clark gillies he never had more than three fights a year because he didn't have to so although i don't battle a lot I don't have to. Okay. So I don't. Okay. Uh, I believe in like not necessarily looking at how many times someone's battled. Mm-hmm. I think it's the quote. Like you, you've done both. You've battled a lot, but you do have a great fight card. Right. It's a high quality fight card. I do not battle scrubs, but y- yeah. I mean, I did the first two times, but that's back in the day when uh, nobody's first two battles should count. You're, uh, you're, you know. Well, I think a win's a win. I will say a win is a well, win. yeah. I'm not saying they shouldn't count towards your record. If you won, you won. Like in my criticism towards Eli, uh, and let me say that I think people think I don't like Eli. Like Eli and I would be best friends. Yeah. If we lived in the same city, we love pro wrestling. Uh, you know, hockey. Yep. And I think that we're both the same personality of like, we're quiet off stage. Yep. Like, and humble. I'm actually a very. Same initials. Yeah. I mean, we're really. You guys are practically soulmates. Fuck. Oh, we are. I mean, we <laughs> had the best 40 minute conversation when the LA versus New York. Yeah. It, it, it was awesome. Like, he's a good dude. Oh, he's awesome. Like, I really. Uh, but I'm an. I have a. Uh, a split brain where I can talk about someone as a person and then 
the other side is judge them strictly on my feelings of roast battle. Okay. Um, so, uh, and he's battled a lot, but I, and to me, I, yes, he's won. He's beaten who he's battled, yep. but I don't know if it's like a high quality fight card. I think he's faced all the best people in New York. I think, Absolutely. I think uh, that comes down to your assessment as to whether or not the New York talent pool is as good as L.A. But I will say this. He's got he's got several fights on that card that I really respect. I think Dave Cyrus is a tremendously underrated roast battler. I think Dina Hashem was great. I think JP McDade is great. I think Scott Chaplin is great. Oh, I love Scott. Um, I, I think uh, I think Zach Amico. Zach Amico had a rough battle when he went against Eli. Um, I, I think he's a little bit more inconsistent than most people, but I think he has moments of brilliance. Um, I think Eli, given sort of where he lives and New York, maybe not having as much experience with roast battle as, as LA. Uh, I th- I think he fought all the top guys. But see, and, I don't. The thing I the thing and I was just going to say just to throw this out there a thing that I I really respect about Eli is when somebody is quote unquote the belly room champion in LA you know we usually give them a couple choices like hey here's like the top 3 contenders you know pick pick who you feel cuz like maybe you don't want to battle somebody you just battled a year ago or something like what do you think would be the best battle what would be the most fun in New York they treat that thing like a sweatshop. Like Eli finishes one battle and they're wrapping up a tournament to crown the next person to face him. And that's why, honestly, I feel like he mentally struggled so much with with our battle. He was in rough shape before the battle because New York made him defend his title like, I think, 11 days before we battled on season three. And I told him, I said, don't take that battle. It's You need to focus strictly on what we're doing. Do not take that battle. But he was like, oh, they already told me I'm, I'm battling. I'm like, they can't force you. They don't have you at gunpoint. Like, but I respect that. He's he, I think he is totally a fighting champion who See, just I don't. battles whoever is given to him. See, I disagree with that. Like, he well, had, I know you have your thoughts about when he came to L.A. But like, let, let's take the names out of it, because I think people think because of the other person involved that it's personal. If I was the L.A. versus if I was the dual champion, yes, I, whatever scenario would make that happen. Sure. And Luis Gomez and Moses said, you got to go to New York and defend the belt. You can pick your opponent. I'm going to ask him one question. Who's number one? That's who I'm battling. I don't care if it's Kim Congdon. I don't care if it's Eli. I don't care if it's JP, Evan Williams, Mike Feeney, Mike Cannon. That's who I'm battling. I don't even need to know the name. So I don't. I lost all respect for Eli as a battler. Right. And once again, I love him as a person. Sure. But like when you are the champ and there's a big LA versus New York show, and this is something about that show a lot of people don't know. And what you talk about losing an audience. <laughs> the 20 people who give a fuck are really enjoying this right now. Inside info on a show that happened two years ago. <laughs> that nobody knew about even after it happened. (laughs) But uh, Moses said, hey, you got to go to New York and get the belt. And then it was like, well, they're coming here. You'll be battling Eli. I was great. Right. I'm good. And then uh, me and Eli talk. He's like, yeah, I know you're the guy in LA, but uh, I'm going to battle who I'm going to battle because I just know them better. And it's like, 
And then Moses was like, well, New York wants you to battle uh, Zach Amico for number one contender. And it's like, wait a minute. And this is another thing why I got a little like upset about the show. Uh, I was like, well, let's say I were to agree to that battle. Yeah. I would be the only person from season one on this show. So the five battles that night, I would have been the only person picked for the TV show. I'm already the number one contender. You know, uh, I beat Jimmy Carr on television. I'm not, you know, I love Zach. Yep. There's nothing, per like, once again, nothing personal. But, I, and I think I was ranked number one or two in the ranks. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how the New York champ comes to LA and goes, I'm not going to battle number one, number two, three, four. I'm just proving that I can count this high. <laughs> Five, six, uh -huh. seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I'm the battle of the 13th ranked battler. Right. That's not a champion. That's an exhibition match. Okay. And that that's... And I think people, once again, I think people would feel the same way if I went to New York and said, okay, well, Eli's number one, JP's number two. Um, give me, uh, you know, New York Joe at number 13. I would be ridiculed if I did that as being a pussy. To me, a champion takes on the best. And that's just how, you know, uh, he could have been. A, and if you look at the judges that night. Yep. Like when Hooper went, Hooper, Alex Hooper is someone I respect the most out of anyone. You as well. Because you guys are willing to do things I personally would not. Right. Hooper went to New York. Yep. Went to Eli's home club. Yep. Judged by Eli's friends. He was never going to leave that room with both belts. Especially after the first, because there were three LA versus New York battles that night and we won the first two. So there was no way... And by the way, we discussed this a little bit with Alex Hooper on a future uh, episode of the Roast Battle podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. See, I'll plug Comedy Central's podcast. You fools and charlatans in the <laughs> listening to this think I have an angle against Comedy Central. Uh, first of all, I know my episode will be the most downloaded. So I'm helping them and I'm helping plug their podcast, which you should listen to every single one because Pat Barker's amazing. Thanks, bud. Mo and I mean, I'm not kissing. I have no reason to kiss. No, you I know. I know. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, Moses has uh, been the king from day one and Coach T is the star of the show. No matter who you like, it, that guy is the star. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I just. To me that what Hooper did, even though he lost, he won in my eyes. It was badass. I mean, it's absolutely if I was the champ in L.A., I'd be like, uh, my mind would have been uh, this is our show. There's no show in New York, if not for roast battle. And that's not a shot at New York, mm -hmm. but there's no roast masters in New York. Sure. Unless roast. So uh, you're coming here. I'm not going there. Yeah. Out of and once again, out of respect. And it was one of those things, like, to be honest, we put the three battlers together that we were gonna send, and none of us had any idea who we were gonna battle. I don't think Hooper had any idea that he was going to be expected to defend his title, let alone do it against their champ. Like, we just kind of all said, Yeah, we'll battle whoever. We don't we don't care. Um 
So yeah, I have tremendous respect for Alex Hooper. And one thing we talked about on his episode of the Roast Battle podcast that's going to be coming up wherever you listen to podcasts is we actually referenced this situation. And I said two things. I'm not sure they're going to leave them in the episode, but I'll say them again here. Number one, I think Eli Sayers is the best roast battler in the world. I still believe that. I've listened to every one of his battles. I think he takes more creative angles. I think he has better writing than than anybody else in the game. Number two, I think you would have beat him in the belly room. But, and I think those two statements can exist simultaneously. But if you look at, like, he had a chance to be a superhero. Yep. And and if you look at the judges that night, I believe in my heart mm-hmm. they would have been rooting for Eli. So it's not like, because they were Mike Lawrence, and me and Mike are acquaintances. We're not friends. Right. And I don't, and once again, that's not a shot at Mike, but, you know, we No, how could that be a shot? Well, but in, in Roast Battle, like, when I brought up what I brought up, uh, and I'll, I'll leave this as a teaser. You mm-hmm. know, I spoke about Mike on the Comedy Central uh, Roast Battle podcast. I, I uh, And, you know, I think people are going to take it as me trying to line up a battle with Mike. You know, I, what I said is true. You know, I, uh, but he was a judge. He's friends with, he. he's friendlier with Eli than he is with me. Yeah. Jeff Ross was a judge that night. And, I mean, me and Jeff have a weird relationship of we go in and out of friends and acquaintances and season four opponents. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think <laughs> people are already talking about that battle and it's not even like it's right, so far right. away. Uh, so it's not like I would have had the judging like Eli had against Hooper. Like I, I would have had the room for the first 30 seconds. Oh my God, Earl, he's the king. And then as soon as Eli got a good joke in, which he would have, it would have been an even playing field. So I don't even think I would have had that big of an advantage. You know, the first 30 seconds. It's, so Yeah, I mean, that's that's possible too. The one thing I will say to try to put this into context, because this was a year and a half ago, and while what you're saying is true, that he battled the number 13 person, um, you know, the number 13 person had a very impressive resume of great battles and was twice voted as the battler of the year um, and had gone into New York and beat somebody on their turf. I'm not saying he was the better choice. I'm just saying but when I you also, lay it out one versus 13, you're right. It seems like a pussy move. I, I'm going to have Eli's back a little bit on this one. I don't think it's as pussy as just picking number 13. I do. I, it's, I, think, I think that person is very, very, very good at roast battle. Who am I beat? You did beat him. Yep. So it's he, like he's very he's also very beatable. That's why he has the I mean, it, but he gets a lot of like a lot of t- he's, he's an easy target, but, but like so am I. OK, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I've never, you know, I think when you lose when you lose more than you win at anything, uh-huh. I, I'm not impressed. And it, it, people are, oh, well, you just don't like that person. If you told me the LA, like the LA Kings, my favorite hockey team, I think right now they are four, nine, and one. Right. Which is about the winning percentage of this battler. <laughs> yeah, a little bit better than that, but okay. No. Well, he's like four under. Couple, a couple under 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask me how I think the LA Kings are as a hockey team. Just ask me that question. Earl, how do you think the LA Kings are as a hockey team? 
Not good. Okay. <laughs> they lose more than they win. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never given uh, credit for doing something a lot as being a skill. Like, uh, if I throw a football fight, now this is like a totally over-the-top example. Sure. If I throw a football a thousand times a day, yep. should I quarterback the Steelers in the next game? Because I do it a lot. But let me ask you this, as a pro wrestling fan, because obviously hockey and football are results-driven sports, as a pro wrestling fan, is there something to be said? Like, my favorite wrestler growing up was Mr. Perfect. He was the best. He was the best. But if you're talking about win percentage, you know, he took quite a few uh, quite a few losses. But to me, he always had the best, most entertaining matches. But that's a fictional... That's like, true. And the results are scripted. Uh, I... It, you're right. I would say, like, like getting back to roast battle, like, yep, yep. Um, like I think one of the he's probably the most underrated roast battler of all time, and and to the newer fans of the show, you're not going to agree. But Pete C, uh, I think uh, I don't know what his final record is. I think he was like three and seven, but he only took on the best. Yep, he almost beat Tiana. Like he, he just. I think he might have battled Joe Dosh. Uh, battled Joe, I believe, twice, actually. And hung in there. Uh, yeah, great, great battles. In so, fact, one of their battles, uh, one of my favorite moments in Rose Battle history was so close that after overtime, they couldn't call it, and Dave Chappelle was a judge. And the way they settled it was they made Dave Chappelle come and sit down on a chair on the stage, and they took turns roasting Dave Chappelle off the top of their head to decide the winner, which is insane. That's like if a basketball game ends in a tie and they're like, all right, well, we're going to have a ballet recital for overtime. Like, <laughs> it's outrageous. But, um, yeah, I mean, that speaks to PC's level of, like, how fucking good he was. But I think some, I guess the point of that bringing... Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think that I don't necessarily give people credit for battling a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Guam, and I love Guam. Guam's a very funny comic door guy at the store. Yep. At one point, he was like 6-0. and oh. Yep. Was he one of the best battlers? No. Uh, great entrances. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the, you know, the, I'm going to say the ring. It basically is a ring. Uh, you know, in like uh, Samoan outfits. and, and Yeah. Uh, so it goes back to Clark Gillies only having to fight three times a year. How could he be the toughest guy in the league? You That's can't compare this person that we're we're leaving nameless uh, to Guam. No, I'm not. not but fair. I'm saying, <laughs> no offense to Guam. But oh no, uh, I love Guam, but but I'm not comparing that person to Guam. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, I think when you look at an individual record, there's a lot of things that factor in strength of schedule. Uh, you know where they face them. You know, uh, and and the obviously the end result is, you know, a win is a win, but like, who's it against? Yeah. So, I think that, you know, like in New York, I, I like L.A. versus New York. I look at New York like the United States and the Olympics in hockey. We can put one good team. Miracle on ice. But that even that was like, you know. I mean, that's, in my mind, the greatest upset in the history of sport. Even if you're not a hockey fan, it was like essentially a high school hockey team beating the Lakers or uh, 
a high school basketball team beating the Lakers. I mean, the Russians sent pros to the Olympics. Right. We sent, you know, Mark Pavlich, who was just out of high school. Uh, I think L.A., the roast battle is like Canada in hockey. We could send three or four teams, you know. I mean, we have that many elite roasters. Uh, so, and, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just... Of all the slights you feel like you've gone through, which which is the one that bothers you the most? I mean, that's, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> or is it just kind of a cumulative effect, the straw that broke the camel's back? I think the straw that broke the camel's back was the L.A. versus New York. Like well, that was when you left. Uh, yeah, it that was, was like, wait a minute, I, I, I just, and it's, it's really not even personal against the guy Eli fought. Right. Uh, you know, this goes to me separating my feelings for whatever reason. I'm really good at separating, even if I hate someone. If they're right. a good roast battler, I'll say they're a good roast battler. It was just like. I'm number one, or I think two, two at the lowest. Mm -hmm. He's 13. I beat him. Uh, how on earth are you picking him still? Like, and and he was just like, well, I just know him better. You know, I know you're the guy, but like, uh, you know, and it's just like, yeah, battle Zach and me. So I have to prove myself. E even what Moses said in the podcast last week. Yeah where he threw out, well, why don't you battle Hooper and then you can battle Eli if you beat him. It's like, no, I'm not battling anyone to battle. Like, see, to me, and this is just how I think. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm right for myself in terms of me and Eli. Like, me having to battle someone to get to Eli. Uh, I was the first person picked for season one. It's a fact. It's not me blowing myself up. It's not me being cocky. It's, a fact we're doing roast battle earl do you want to do it i was called before jimmy carr k trevor eli wasn't considered for season one it's not me talking shit he wasn't really established then but it, it doesn't him matter. and i have similar timelines but yeah 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 I know, yeah wasn't considered for season two he barely got. He should have been considered for season two. He fucking killed it in his uh, regional battle. But who did he face? He faced Scott Chaplin. Anyway, <laughs> once again, I love Scott Chaplin. That was a great battle. But like, I remember watching it. I didn't know who Eli was, and I was like, both of these guys should be uh, on on. Well, Scott's the a killer, but like, Scott's awesome. I don't. That's not. And season three, he barely got on. Yep. And when he did get on. He dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's, this is not, it, it just, it's just what happened. Right. So I, I'm not battling anyone for the opportunity to battle Eli. I don't think so. He should battle someone to get to me. Because when he left LA after the LA versus New York battle, apparently he went on the verbal violence podcast. Yep. And somewhat threw out a challenge to me. I said, like, what champion throws out a challenge to anybody? Um, you don't hunt. You get hunted. <laughs> it's true. Like if I'm champion, I'm not challenging you. 
you're challenging me. I don't have to challenge anybody. But that's just how I look at it. He also said on that podcast that you were you were Hulk Hogan uh, and the other guy was Bret Hart in that the other guy was was better than you. But even though you're more famous, but I beat him. What do you what do you say to that? Oh, that's true. See, I go on results. Mm -hmm. If the other guy beat me, then I'm like, okay. But I beat him. So that was the thing that 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 was the final straw. That was the final straw. Now, if that was the first thing that happened, then I could see me leaving the show being uh, overreacting like, uh, dude, come on, it's you know. And let's be honest, we all want the TV time. Yes, I mean, to me, those belts are meaningless. I just wanted to take him on because he's he was the best New York had, right? Or has, uh, but you know, I in terms of, I mean, there was that. There was, uh, I just felt Montreal was not very fun for me. You would think it was, you know, but it was made very clear to me that if you lose to Tom or Jimmy, you will be on an airplane tomorrow at eight in the morning. And I was like, wow, really? Like, was that policy not in place for everybody? No. Because several people lost in the first round and stayed the whole week. So this was an Earl-only policy where if you lost, they were going to kick you out of the country? They were going to deport you for losing? Well, I don't think they wanted to... I don't know what their reasoning was. I'll assume they didn't want to pay for the hotel for four days for someone who's not in the tournament. Okay. Um, Which is... And once again, it's nothing against the other people who got to stay the whole week. Good for them. Right. But I've done more for the show than they have. That's, so, I mean, that's a really interesting tidbit that I was unaware of. That's, so, you know, once again, it's like, why is everything on this show made hard on me? Do you think you have an answer to that yet? Do you think you figured it out? No, I don't even know. The, the frustrating thing about this show for me is I don't even know who to be mad at. Like, <laughs> that's a great quote. But I don't like I'm not doing shtick like I don't think in my heart Comedy Central Moses and Jeff Ross walk into a room and they they put everyone's picture on the wall and go let's take care of everyone but Earl Uh, or let's you know uh, (laughs) let's give Earl the toughest matches and other people berries that they can get you know I mean listen I'll say this I'll compare myself to Mike Lawrence you know this is before I won um and mike's great at what he does but uh before and during season one i've done a lot more for the show than he has yeah he didn't create it he didn't build it agreed i built it i didn't create it i built it so when i look at his first his road to roast battle opponent is jay larson and jay larson is amazing i think he battled scott chaplin actually Road to Rose Battle. Well, I, thought, I thought Moses said he battled Jay Lars. No, I'm pretty sure it's, it was Scott Chaplin. Either one. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it does matter factually, but I love Scott Chaplin, but like, that's a friend of Mike's. They're friends. Like, all, all I guess what I'm saying in the Road to Rose Battle, why couldn't I have battled a friend? You know. You got then, something better than a friend. You got somebody who fell on his face. But like, and then he gets <laughs> Ralphie May in the second what round. What could be more friend? Yeah, but he got Matthew Broussard in the first round. Broussard's a, a lot monster. of people don't think he beat Broussard. Hey, I, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like we've seen over the last three seasons what Matthew Broussard's capable of. Oh, he's of. a killer. Yeah, so I, that's why I don't think Mike Lawrence got an easy path at all. When you, oh my dude, when you two out of your first three matchups are Scott Chaplin and Ralphie May. Come on, man. The middle one's tough, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, but like uh, you know. It's like, come on. I think in a roast battle, Scott Chaplin is a tougher opponent than Jesse Joyce. 
Oh, I disagree completely. Okay. I mean, I've I, seen Scott Chaplin succeed a bunch of times against at that who, format. though? Once again, who? Against who? Every, pretty much everybody he faced. I'm saying the guy's good at roast battle. Jesse Joyce, who I love, uh, I think he's a great, great guy, great stand up comic. I remember uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago, I hosted He Middled Geraldo Headline for an entire week in Philly, one of the best weeks of my life. Jesse Joyce is an amazing dude and one of the greatest roast writers on earth. I think he would be the first one to tell you he didn't really translate well to that format. Well, I think his problem was um, if I could say I'm better than anything on the show than anyone else in the history of roast battle is strategy. Yep. Which is a big part of roast battle. Sure. Like I had bad strategy against Tiana. My strategy was, well, Silverman's judging their friends. Sarah Silverman didn't like age jokes against her in the James Franco roast. So I'm going to do a baby step joke about abortion instead of going right after. And Sarah's not old. It's Sarah Tiana. But, you know, in roast battle, it's like you have to like. She's like a decade younger than you. But I mean. <laughs> but she's a woman. So in the roast battle world. Yeah. A, a 39 year old woman is going to be you know, a target for her right. age. I get what you're saying. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, for the record, I, I mean, Sarah has a lovely boyfriend. I mean, I've I would date Sarah Tiana in two seconds mm -hmm. if the stars aligned. Um I don't care if she was a comic or not. Like she's the, she's just the best. Yeah, she's um, great. I mean, great comic and even better person. But I was scared to do what Mike Lawrence did. Mike went right after her age. Uh, I think he even lobbed a marginal joke about her body, which I was too afraid to do. Um, so I had bad strategy. But against Jesse, I had maybe the greatest strategical battle in the history of this show from the standpoint of baiting him into I knew his first joke would be long. Right. Or at least I thought it would. I mean, you never know. So I made him go first. Well, right. when you're supposed to do five jokes in a battle and you come up with a 14-page notebook or whatever the fuck that was, yeah, you can guess it's going to be long. Well, I was in, but that show speaks to his writing ability. When you come to the stage with not, literally, I think, nine pages of jokes, mm -hmm. um, I had five jokes in my head. Right. If we were to go to a sixth, an overtime joke, I, I wouldn't have had it. But... Uh, you know, I think I, you know, I think people get confused with roast battle and think it's just strictly a joke writing contest, mm -hmm. which it isn't. No, I agree with that. You know, it, it's performance strategy. All of that goes into it, um, which I think like a lot of people who didn't think I beat Jimmy Carr was they're like, well, dude, you had that one joke that bombed, which I did. I absolutely did. But I think I outperformed him. And I think the gap was wider than. Like, my jokes at work were even with his, in my opinion. And he gets to read. Like, I don't bond that one joke if I got to read it. I heard a rumor, and tell me if this is true. I heard that Jimmy Carr's clipboard is blank. I don't believe it is. Okay, so you couldn't... You I could, can't you confirm did, you didn't look. You did, you, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, he was reading pretty uh, succinctly from... I mean, he was turning the pages. I don't think it's blank. Gotcha. But I don't know. Um, that was fascinating when I heard that. I was like, so this guy is going up there and making it seem like he's cheating when he's not. Like, I don't know what the point of that would be, but it's fucking hilarious to me. But I think when uh, Jimmy Kimmel said, it seems as if you're reading your jokes, he's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> that was the best response ever. I, so I, I love that, that. That led me to believe he he was actually... Right, right, right. Uh, and Jimmy's awesome. Like, Sure. Uh, 
but I think that, you know, once again, I, I just, I, I feel slighted so many ways, some big, some small, uh, that, uh, that's why I have such a, uh, strong viewpoint of the show. And I, I don't take back one word I've said, you know, cause I, you know, there've been girlfriends from my past where I wish I could do that over again, you know, mm-hmm. um, with roast battle, there's, there's not one thing. And I want to be clear as many things as I disagree with you on. And I love that we can, you know, talk about them. I also love the fact that you're, you're not taking them back. You're owning them. I think people should do that. Well, it you, go- fe- you feel how you feel. Let's yeah. It goes back to, I don't think I've ever talked shit. Cause to me, talking shit just almost like what Conor McGregor does where he just, <laughs> the first thing that comes into his mind and you know he's talking about khabib's family and call you know. floyd mayweather a monkey yeah i, I mean, mean you haven't done that since every week when you were the hater but see, but that was the, a character i'm fucking with you I'm but see that's you. the thing that bothers me <laughs> i never said uh uh monkey i never said the n-word uh the n-word has been used several times in roast battle never by me uh-huh. um so i don't uh you know, I think I was playing an Archie Bunker type character, which made the show. Frankly. It did. Uh, which, you know, it goes back to, I believe if, um, like you wrote on the Bill Simmons show. Yeah. You you and Brendan Lynch and others were a staple of that show. You're what made it great. If I came in season three, uh-huh. let's just say there was a season three. That would have been nice. But and this isn't a dig on the of show. Of course, game. no, no, no. Listen, I, I'll make fun of that show more than anybody. I, you know. But that's a great writing staff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, man, but I, I wish Brendan Lynch battled because I think people forget how good he was. Of just, I mean, you know him better than most. Just a stone faced assassin. Very funny uh, guy. But if I came in on season three and all of a sudden I started getting taken care of over you and Brendan, mm-hmm. I, I think you'd be like, hey, we built the Bill Simmons show. Who's this guy who just gets to come in? And it's even like, I don't know if Comedy Central, like in the first meeting I had with them a few months ago, it was a very nice meeting, mm-hmm. very cordial. I think they'd seen my, um, some may view aggressive tweeting. What? No. But I still, I think I sent out one thing that I, I don't wish I took it back, but I mean, it, I don't think it crossed the line, but it, it was a picture of a Chinese kid with a calculator. And I said, this is the guy who was trying to help me figure out how many times comedy central has fucked me over. <laughs> <laughs> Could I have possibly put it in a better way? Yeah, probably. But <laughs> No, that's, that's perfect. That's hilarious. You know, but in the meeting, he was like, yeah, man, we got to get you on season four. And it's like, dude, this isn't me trying to get on season four. Like, this is how I feel about, you know, it just enough's enough, man. And then, you know, during season three to have so many people, hey, dude, are you in the show? You're in the commercials. It's like, oh, man, this is like another knife in the gut. Right. Uh, you think most people would be, oh, you're in the commercial, dude. This is great. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I, I just think that sometimes I don't like how, you, you know, in comedy in general, you know, you're labeled as bitter if you're just honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not bitter about roast battle at all. I'm just honest. And I think if anyone from the guy I hate to you mm-hmm. ex- went through what I went through, I, I think you 
I mean, I know you see it through my eyes, but I think you would understand it a lot better. I'm just saying, I don't think we're as far apart on this as, as you think. I think there's a lot of people in that belly room who have battled 15, 20, 25 times who probably have maybe similar thoughts, maybe not to the degree that, that you do. And I think there's a lot of people that would have legitimate cases if they said, oh, there's been three seasons of the show. I've never even done road to roast battle or the regionals or, you know, I did one regional battle and I killed it. And that's that's everything that I've done. I just think the difference is most of those people aren't taking it personally where you but, are. But I mean, that's like one slight. Let's say you did a hot roast battle, road to roast battle, regional. Yeah. The LA versus New York show you did it. You know, that's one slight. But if there were, in my mind, at least to me, as many as seven to eight slides, all valid. And once this goes to me having a clear head about it, that's where it's like, and I explained to both Comedy Central executives I've spoken to, I was like, this is why I'm mad. One, two, three, four, five. And I, you know, I, I could throw certain people under the bus and put them on blast right now, but I named names to both executives. Like, this is what happened in season two. I didn't like how that happened. Season three. It, and, you know, I think they think this is me just working them for season four. It's not. I got to say, if this was your plan to get on season four, it's the craziest fucking plan I've ever seen to <laughs> to come out and openly shit on them as often as possible. But I don't think I've shit on them. Right. But, but you could see how from their point of view, they would take it that way. Well, I know that they listen to the episode that's coming out Thursday. Thursday. Yep. Um, and uh, the, the most recent executive I spoke with was like, we agree with a lot of things you said, but we disagree with a lot. But the whole lot. The whole office loved it, you know. Oh, my God. We we had a conference call this week. We just have a, a regularly scheduled roast battle conference call, and it uh, was very well received. People love what you do. It's wildly entertaining. I don't think anybody could ever argue that. But, you know, I, I the only thing I, in the, you know, the only way I can say what it was closest to was when Hulk Hogan We've talked a lot about wrestling because I do believe wrestling and roast battle are uh, somewhat related in the, at least the presentation. There's a lot of parallels. Um, I agree. When Hulk Hogan turned bad, mm -hmm. you know, this is, he was, you know, the yellow and red, eat your vitamins, brother, and all that. And when he dropped the leg on Macho Man and turned on him, it was like wrestling 9-11. It was like... They really, I mean, people were crying. Facts. I remember. Yeah. Bash at the beach. Yeah. That I mean, was back when I used to, used to watch it. I wasn't watching wrestling then, but when he turned and that happened, it created the NWO, which was this huge juggernaut and got me back into it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like the most perfect. It was the last great storyline in wrestling where, you know, for months, First, you had Hall kind of come into WCW. It's like, oh, my God, this guy works for the WWE. It's it's an angle. And then Kevin Nash came in, and then they built up their mystery partner. And it was, you know, Hogan, Sting, and Luger were the good guys. And then at the end, Hogan turned on Sting and Luger. And the speech he gave, it's about a seven-minute speech. And this is, I'm begging people to listen to next week's episode. Roast Battle on Comedy Central, iTunes. Are you guys on SoundCloud or no? I think we're everywhere. I, um, I, I don't know. 
I'm only on SoundCloud and iTunes, but like I'm begging you, it's the bash at the beach speech of Ross Battle. Yeah, except it's an hour long. <laughs> I don't know how much they're going to end up like leaving in. That's why I'm glad we got to do this so we could, you know, talk about whatever. But you went off for uh, an hour. I begged Coach T and I begged the Comedy Central exec from New York. I said, please leave everything in. Yeah. I'm begging you, leave everything in. And I mean, it could have been worse. Some people are very lucky that I have a little bit of a soul because I could ruin some people with facts, but I'm not about that because it would hurt the show. And Roast Battle has given me too much. It would hurt you. It would hurt Moses and anyone trying to get on season four. If I, if I kept it real, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Roast Battle would cease to exist. But I don't. I held back on a few things. I think we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if you listen to Hogan's speech, he rips in the de- into the WWF slash WWE and you can tell he meant it like, yes it was a scripted speech right but that's very much what this next episode is like yeah I kept it real there's one battle I want it's not who you think I know there's two other battles people think I really want no I want the man whose name is on the show that's what makes roast battle good. It's an oh my god moment. It's the balls in their court. Pat Barker, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, it's therapeutic. It is. It is. And I'm glad. You know, a, a lot. As you said, you have a lot of fans, and uh, I, I think it they'll really enjoy hearing all the details about about everything. Because I love roast battle. Which is why I'm so, in some ways, hurt by my treatment. In some ways, incredibly, uh, uh, this is the wrong, gracious about the good things it did for me. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's a small scene in a Tom Selleck movie. It's a Tom Selleck prison movie called An Innocent Man. And Tom Selleck's first day on the yard, the black gang... And no, I'm not making a racial joke. It's prison. I mean, let's be real here. They steal his toothpaste and soap. And so the next day, the Aryan Brotherhood walks up to him and goes, you got to do jingles, man. You got to do them. He's like, I'm not killing someone who took my toothpaste. And the Aryan Brotherhood leader, and no, I'm not taking life advice from an Aryan Brotherhood leader, but it's the best advice. He's like, you don't have to stand tall in here but you've got to stand. And I had to stand at some point against my treatment. And was it burning a bridge? I don't think I did it in a way that burned bridges. I think I did it in a way that made the show better because now people are talking about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think anybody would argue that this has not been... Uh, that that Earl Skakel, uh, pl- you know, doing his most... Uh, high high caliber version of Earl Skakel is not a good thing for the show. It's given a spark 
to a show that needed a blood infusion. All right. He's walking around the room now. He's got his foot <laughs> up on the couch. <laughs> he was sitting down and then he started pacing and I was like, oh, here we go. No, no. <laughs> Because there are a lot of great battles for me. You and me would be epic. Uh-huh. It would be the ultimate rider against the ultimate performer. Me and Hooper, the two performers. You know, a couple rematches. But me and Omid, me and Fager, me and Leah K. Janian. I mean, there's literally 10 battles that I only want to battle people that I think I can't beat. Like, I right now don't think I could beat you, but that would push me to do everything I could to beat you. Uh -huh. But before any of those battles take place, the gauntlet's been thrown down, and this won't happen in the belly room. It's on TV, the biggest stage possible. So while the rest of you slobs are battling your open mic friends from the anchor bar, I'm taking on the big boys. The man whose name is on the show. <clears throat> Pat, where can people find you on social media? Uh, everything's at Pat Barker Comedy. Uh, just listen to the Roast Battle podcast this Thursday and every Thursday. And uh, yeah, follow follow what we're doing. We got a we got a great event coming up in the Belly Room, December fourth. Uh, the best of the Belly Room. Uh, we're we're doing like a WrestleMania type of thing with four four great battles. Not quite Earl Skakel versus Jeff Ross, but. Uh, who are these battles? I'll plug the show. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I don't think we've released them publicly yet, but I'll just come out and say uh, Toby Mirashanu is defending his title against Leah Kajanian. Um, Robin Tran is going up against Nicole Buchanan. Doug Fager is going up against Keith Carey. And uh, bah, 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 bah. oh, Frank Castillo is making his long-awaited return to roast battling against Alex Young. Uh, those are four amazing Alex Duong? battles. Yeah, you know, we've been calling him Duong for years. It turns out his last name is actually pronounced Young, and he's just been taking it like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can pronounce it either way. He's not offended either way. But um, yeah, those are uh, four four amazing ones. So uh, tune in to to, uh, to the Periscope to check that out December 4th. And who knows? I just might pop my big old head in that room that night. Uh, it, sure, it sure would be welcome. It's WrestleMania. We need her all at WrestleMania. Well, you know... You got to build up a match properly. <clears throat> Something a lot of people don't know about, but that's life. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow the Comedy uh, Central Amazing Podcast, Roast Battle on iTunes and other avenues. Brian Moses, Coach T, and Barker make it happen every week. And, you know, if you love Roast Battle, you'll love uh, that podcast because it's the most in-depth, covers a lot, gives uh, battler highlights, makes some people interesting, which is tough to do. And, uh, you know, never say never. That's all I'll say. And you know what I want? I get more battle offers than anyone else. Haven't been on the show for a year which tells you the legitimacy of the rankings. They're nothing without me and them. But don't give me any battle offers. I want Jeff first. So you pussies can battle who you want. You can have Jasmine run around in a cheerleader outfit. It's not going to help you.